This podcast is brought to you by our friends at the Nexus Recruitment Group, official Bristol City Football Club short sponsors. There is a company or brand within the group that can assist all recruitment needs across any industry to suit any budget. Head over to nexus-resources.k.uk for more information. Three Peeps in the podcast, the bonus show. 19% of the poll expected a draw, 52% a loss. A first half that saw us defend well and being forced into a corner and it was an achievement going at the break at 0-0. But second half, City began to compete. The midfield and our attack came to life and I came away feeling fairly content. Um, Matt is with me as always, Matt. Yeah, um, Sheffield United played some of the best football I've seen at Ashton Gate in years other than the fact they seemed to want to walk it into the net. Um, whether that was because they, they didn't have, although Morgan Gibbs-White has, has played up front, um, I think they were missing some strikers, but they just did seem to want to get it into the box. Um, and I think our defensive unit defended very well. I don't think the midfield was great in the first half. I thought they, they missed runners. Um, you know, we'll, we'll talk more at length about Matty James and Hanno, I'm sure. Um, but second half, absolutely spot on. Um, we exploited their weaknesses. Um, I thought Antoine Semenyo's performance up until he went off was just outstanding. Um, I thought he caused international defenders all sorts of problems. Um, and, you know, the, the normal work from, from Chrissy Martin and Andy Vyman. And, and on the balance of chances, we probably should have won the game. Um, but in terms of football, you know, United out, outpassed us in that first half. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it was... Uh, but like you said, very entertaining game. And you walked away... I'm not going to say I felt like it was a win, but certainly it felt like yeah, it felt like a very good point against a very good side that are likely to be in the playoffs. You would think. Yeah, uh, Rob is with us. Rob, was it a case of second half they had um, some hair dryer treatment, or they just up to gear, or was it Sheffield United? Uh, oh, hello, Sorry. phones on silent. That's a fine straight away. Yes, yeah, thank you, pardon. Um, Rob, or was it a case of uh, Sheffield United sort of? going forward and trying to get the goal and we when we took took chances and pulled them apart a bit i think um whether it's hair dry treatment or not i think you'd be foolhardy not to have recognized um just how dominant on the ball sheffield united were and and as you'll probably see from my halftime comment later it was more a case that i think we were getting overrun in key areas in the middle of the park um and I completely echo what Matt said. I, I thought a fantastic footballing side, which you wouldn't necessarily ordinarily associate with Sheffield United historically, particularly when you throw in that they've been under Warnock's tenure and, and things like that. But yeah, some of their, their football was the kind of football I would aspire for us to get to. Um, yeah, that's exactly yeah. what I'd like to watch. Yeah, yeah. It was it was watching it in that first half and and thinking, right, this is the level we need to be at to compete next season. Uh, and we've we've seen it in the past from from Bristol City teams, and I think this team with some some reinforcements is certainly capable of it. But yeah, it was it was one of those one of those ones where you you just almost were admire sitting back and admiring some of the play. And I think at some time some of the players were doing that as well, Matt. Do, do you know what? For me, that that's why there's a number of reasons why. Obviously, I want us in the champ stay in the championship. But that's part of the reason why I like being in the championship because you get to see sides like that. And as a football fan, which is what I am, um, not just a Bristol City fan, um, 
you, you like to see good sights and, and sometimes you like to see, or you don't like to see a side getting a lesson, but when they do, you appreciate what you're watching. Um, I'm not sure, it's definitely where we want to get to. I'm not sure how many additions we would need to get to that because they just had movement and pace all over the pitch. And, and actually a lot of what they did wasn't complicated, wasn't, um, you know, based on the the genius system or the high press or whatever you want to call it. It was about the fact that they had players that were comfortable on the ball and could move and, and gave options because of their movement. I thought the first half for us in particular, we didn't have any kind of movement in midfield. And Chris Martin, who I thought was excellent again last night in terms of the job he does, but he just hasn't got the legs to be able to play it and move at speed. Semenyo, Vyman do, and you know, you've called for the likes of Tommy Conway. I would definitely have brought Tommy on in the second half when, when they were being stretched, because it felt like that's how we'd win the game, is, is getting in behind them and um, you know, using that. But yeah, it, I thought they were a delight to watch. A really, really good side. Yeah, I'm not going to go on about Tommy Conway anymore because he doesn't seem to be getting a game. Maybe if I don't say anything, he'll it might get a happen. Game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, three words from Lee uh, were sharper against blades, and that was Lee Paul, not Lee Williams, as per yeah. usual. Yeah, Lee um, Williams was still in New York, <laughs> which <yeah>. is four. <laughs> yeah, still in NYC. Uh, right, so the lineup, Rob. We made one change. It was an expected change with Williams coming out and Masengo coming in. Were you expecting any more? Um, yes. Um, well, one one of them, there was a, a rumour abounding, wasn't there, that Vyman had tweeted the night before that he had COVID. Um, so I didn't know whether to expect him in the team. Um, then it comes down to this whole argument about balance. And I've already mentioned that we did seem to get overrun in midfield. And I've, I've long said now that the three up top, whilst we're regularly conceding two goals a game, against sides that do appear to be more loaded in midfield. I've, I've kind of been asking for Alex Scott to be the third midfielder, with Vyman being one of two up front. Um, and, and that depends on where the confidence levels, fitness levels are with our full-back options. Now, I believe Tanner's back in the mix. Mm. Um, you know, he's been training a few weeks now. Cameron Pring seems to be the latest player to sort of fall out of fall out of favour for me um, and dip in form sort of in tandem, really. But I think going forward, three players up front is a bit of a luxury if we're playing five. Now, if we play a back four, which is what I think we switched to when Ben Roos came on, then you can have three in midfield, three up top. But I think whilst you're playing three at the back or five across the back, only two in midfield, um, particularly, let's say, I mean, you had the running of Masengo yesterday, but if it was, say, two in midfield, James, who's, you know, we've, we've often said looks a little bit leggy, um, Williams, who's coming back from injury, it, it, it doesn't give you enough in there to compete. So that, that would be my only change, whether I was totally surprised. No, I wasn't. I think the thing for me was the bench. Um, so I've not I've not seen Cam Pring why, why Cam wasn't in the side or in the in the squad. Um, Andy King coming back onto the bench for me was a strange one, um, unless Nigel Pearson fancies extending his year, you know, his contract for another season. Um, I really don't know why you would, and that, that that doesn't 
I don't mean to be disrespectful to Andy. You know, clearly a fan, clearly a quality player, but I think fitness issues are always going to be a, a case with him. You know, he's not played a lot of football over the last few seasons. So I was just surprised that it was um, Andy King on the bench and not another one of the youngsters maybe coming in there. Um, and as I said, I don't know what the situation is with Cam. It does make you think that perhaps he's... Uh, He's forgot his pass for the bus and uh, maybe he's got to try and find it to get back on it. But yeah. Yeah, it's an interesting one. Obviously, Andy King's been out injured for quite some time. I mm. think he's maybe getting him onto the bench so that you can get him on the pitch to to maybe see some of him for the last four but, games, is it? But he, he knows what Andy King's about. And and I take all of the um the, the comments around it's what he's like in the changing room. It's not but less it, it's about what you do on the pitch. That's why you're signing a player's contract. Would any any one of us sign Andy King for next season? Or would you be no. looking at trying to upgrade, you know, in terms of a younger or what whatever it may be. So I just find it a bit of a strange one. But but maybe that's because Nigel Pearson knows he trusts him um and felt what he's seen in training, you know, maybe if, if James had to come off not having a Williams, it gave King the experience sort of head to come on. But it was a bit of a strange one for me. Okay, uh, right, let's get into the minutes. Uh, very, very little minutes action in the first half. Uh, eighth minute, Sheffield United seemed to be carving out chance after chance. So it was a great chance, this one. Um, and Bentley saved well with his leg from Gibbs White. Um, Matt, that was a... A great save, and we've seen Bentley make a number of saves like that, where he sort of spreads himself well. Yeah, um, and that was one that was on target. Sheffield United have had a number of opportunities. Their finishing wasn't great um, in the first half, uh, but yeah, Bentley saved that one well. Yeah, like I said, I think they were trying to walk it in the net. Um, a lot of their interplay in and around the box, you know, step overs, stepping off, and then running through. And I think that's that's kind of what happened with that that Gibbs White. Um, chance who you know I think is a, a quality player um, but it, it goes back to what we were saying earlier on it was their movement that was causing us the problems in whether it was a midfielder not picking up a runner or a defender not spotting that that's what they were going to do and Bentley's got that habit hasn't he of, it's, it's not a Schmeichel-esque kind of no. block but he seems to block almost with one leg down and, and you know it's, it's kind of a, a fairly typical Bentley save wasn't it yeah. Um but whether he then took a blow on the head as part of that save or something, because he then went, <laughs> he then that, went on a complete, didn't he? But yeah. Don't ruin the minutes. Christ. Sorry, yeah, sorry. <laughs> um, but no, great, great save, great save. Before we get onto that, 22nd minute, Rob, uh, City had a break away. I think it was one of maybe two of the whole game, or sorry, of the whole first half, I should say. City break, Semenyo opts to take it on with Vyman screaming for it on the right-hand side. But he eventually takes the player on and gets a low cross, so he tries to drill it across to Vyman, but it's blocked. And that was really uh, the only sort of green shoot of the first half in terms of a City attack. Yeah, it was, um, like you say, very uh, few and far between, wasn't it? And it was very much on the counter. Um, and just going back to what Matt was saying there, the Sheffield United, it, it was all about the movement. And as Matt said, the stepovers. I didn't really see that they were shot shy because they still did actually cut right through us. Um, so, but yeah, ours was literally just sort of hang. It, it felt like hang in there. And if we can get something on the counter and, and the possession stats at no stage, was I surprised? 
you'll probably go touch on those later. Well, yeah, I think it was most of the time 25 to 30% possession for City for, yeah. for most of the game. Yeah. But um, yeah, we for, for all of the, the huffing and puffing that Sheffield United did and the great possession and all of that, I thought the the defensive three in particular seemed to cope really well, Matt, with, with everything that could thrown up. I thought Cundy, Atkinson and, and Closer made numerous blocks um, that, that kept the ball from then having to, to be kept out by Bentley. Um, yeah, I thought it was a, a really strong defensive central sort of performance and, and highlighted a game for me with Robbie Cundy, a guy who I don't know how many games he's now up to. Um, Six, I don't know. Is it? Yeah, I was going to say may, maybe eight or nine tops, but probably not. I think his first one was coming in at Preston, wasn't it? So it isn't that long ago. But he's showing for me more and more that he's worthy of a contract for from a squad point of view. He's he's not letting us down. He's not making huge rickets. And when he does get exposed, it's normally because he's not got the support or gets dragged across in. Um, so, yeah, no, you're, you're, you're right. I thought that those three in particular really kept Sheffield United out from, from making clear-cut chances other than really that Gibbs White. And I think there was another one as well, but yeah. Mm. Yeah, so a couple of heart-in-mouth moments for Bentley. I think it was a 38th minute, roughly, when he came running out to keep the ball in play uh, and sort of parried it back into play and gave Sheffield United an opportunity. And then four minutes later, he he comes running out uh, and he's... I don't know at what point you thought he was ever going to make... Oh, hang on, he's just going past my house now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean... Great, great to see him trying to command the area and kind of to, to to clear the ball. I think he did it successfully up at Stoke at the weekend yeah. uh, on Friday, but yeah, for me, he was never going to get there. And he, he, the 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 Sheffield United player takes it round him. If he takes him down, obviously he's going to be sent off. Um, and he made a challenge though, didn't he? Yeah, it wasn't oh, like yeah. he kind of left left him. He did try and tackle him, and I don't think he got any of the ball and didn't get the man. Thankfully, no. but yeah. But eventually, eventually, a shot is engineered from Ndai, um, and it's 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 gone over. But uh, yeah, it was it was a hot headed five ten minutes for for Dan Bentley, Matt, and it's not one of those things that we've seen very often from him. It's not, and and he, he he's actually not been too bad at, at patrolling that kind of sweeper goalkeeper position when the ball gets over but this one just never looked like he was going to be able to get there he seemed to go then seemed to think I'm not going to get there and then thought sod it I'm going to go for it and was just never getting anywhere near it and yeah you could sense the whole stadium thinking oh my god um and maybe it was slightly I mean one thing he did do is he forced him slightly wide um and so that that kind of helped but yeah you mm. you were just fearful I mean I, I was just screaming don't challenge don't challenge because mm. I could see if he got anything on the man he was he was being sent off because um you know it's really a free shot at goal then isn't it and with with Keith Stroud who we will talk about um as a referee you kind mm. of worried a little bit but yeah I don't don't quite know what went on with Bench there maybe it was following the weekend's wrestling incident maybe he knocked his head as he yeah. was oh, slammed he to the floor so he did yeah. knock his head. It, it was all it was all very um grobbler-esque yes yeah <laughs> yeah 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 entertaining nonetheless yeah um halftime summary from Rob um who yeah made a return um, on Friday's <laughs> podcast after a, a two-game hiatus. I don't know, Rob, if you want to have any comeback on that? Yeah, I, I, I think I need to uh, bring everyone up to speed, really. So the the, the first one um, was Petonk. Petonk. So I'm just going to uh, grammatically pick you up Thank on you. that. Yeah. Um, it's a French word. Uh, so, yes, Petonk. 
What is that like, mean is that like French? bulls, Rob? It is, yeah. Right. Is that they're, what it means in French? The, they're, they're one of the same. Um, Petonk, I believe, is the game. Ooh. Ball is what you use. Right, okay. Fine. Um, and then the second weekend was um, a golf slash couple of beers weekend with nice. a group group of older mates. What you so could have playing, done. With di- playing with different ball, different size balls on yeah. two consecutive but occasions. What, what you could have done, um, Rob, is sent us a halftime summary of your golf game, and I could have just read that out. To be fair, yeah, yeah it wouldn't have, wouldn't have been good. Would have been where, bad. Um, where, did you, where did you play, Rob? Um, uh, play it's Bowood Park, but it's not the oh, one yeah, in Wiltshire. Yeah. Ah, right, okay. um, near uh, Camelford on the edge of Cornwall. Ah, right, okay. Beautiful place, beautiful yeah. place. Nice. Um, so, yeah, any free weekends going, I'll be there. That's nice. uh, Bowood Park Hotel and Golf. <laughs> <laughs> you know Patch is going to get a free membership. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. Right, your halftime summary for last night's game. So, incisive, purposeful, slick, unlucky not to be ahead. But enough about Sheffield United. <laughs> we, on the other hand, um, have been mainly chasing shadows, restricted to very occasional bursts of action. We've looked largely inferior and need to get a foothold in midfield, which I feel we'll only get once we sacrifice one of the three up top who have little to work off. I'd move Scott into midfield and take Martin off, who's looked a bit leggy today. <laughs> Um, Bentley has also been making some very odd decisions today, but as yet not made to pay from many of his excursions into the outer field. But it's one of those ones where you know by saying "let's take Martin off," you know he's going to cut, going to score a goal in four minutes' time, don't you? Uh, absolutely. Um, well, there you go. Worked, didn't it? Exactly. Um, what? So I, I um, was watching Sky Sports at half time, and um, the expected goals for Bristol City for the second half were 0.05. Um, and I thought that was an interesting. I don't that, know. That was know, generous. <laughs> well, these stats, these stats of clear, clearly have got you nothing, nothing to go on. But I think that takes into account all sorts of various factors into some sort of massive quadratic equation or something. But uh, yeah, there we go. That, that's maths for you. Into the second half, forty seventh minute, Jada Silva uh, comes off and Benarus comes on. Did either of you see a twist or a turn or anything from Jay? He definitely went down in the far corner, didn't he? Um, so, yeah, it did look, um, obviously, some some sort of in injury. And um, I was quite surprised Nigel Pearson then seemed to be talking to him at length when he did then come back round. So whether it, you know, I don't, I don't know. Um, but, yeah, there was definitely, I'm assuming it was a twist. It didn't seem to be an impact one. Yeah, and then that's that's the one where if you've got Cam Pring on the bench, he's a ready-made replacement. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. That's why it was slightly surprised, wasn't it? Mm. Okay, 48th minute. A save from Bentley is quickly overturned, distributed into the path of Semenyo. He pokes it past Basham and plays it perfectly into the path of Chris Martin, who slots home. It's a goal for Chris Martin, his 10th of the season, a 10th assist for Semenyo, and not to mention the key contribution from Bentley. I'd like to see much more of that, Rob, that urgency to convert defence into attack. Yeah, I, I think it's interesting, actually. Bentley, I, I, I recall you and uh, Ed Hadwin talking about uh, Bentley recently, and, mm. and you, you do wonder, I mean, you wouldn't think for one moment that the likes of Bentley would be listening to, you know, the, these little fan podcasts, but, you know, that sort of last last 10 minutes of the first half, um, 
you know, it's almost like, has he heard something that he feels he needs to be more dominant? Likewise, you do wonder what players pick up from watching other keepers. And, you know, Liverpool Man City have had a lot of exposure recently. And, you know, both of their keepers are very good at that quick distribution and starting to get key contributions to goals. And, and you'd think if you're an aspiring keeper, you want to get to the top, you, you do pick up on some of these things. And I think it, it'll probably add a little nudge that some people think he's slower than O'Leary getting out. And, you know, there's all sorts of contributing factors, but he is, you know, it's an 11-man game, not a 10-man game. So you contribute however you can. And, and definitely we've got, in the likes of Semenyo and, and Weidman, you do have those release balls. Yeah, absolutely. Matt, your thoughts on that goal? Obviously, it was a really well-timed slot across from Semenyo. A great, great from him to get away from Basham as well. And Chris Martin opts to sort of send it back across goal and yeah. just tucks it really well inside the post. Yeah, a cu- couple of things. I thought, obviously, the distribution from from Bentley, but Semenyo's challenge on, on Basham and his strength to then get past him. And like I said, he was... He was just unplayable in moments yesterday. Um, I think his ability to to hold the ball up and um, keep hold of it and then bring us into play, as he did with Jada Silva's goal on the weekend, um, he's improved that massively. And again, a lad who's coming back from injury, but also is for me this season learning his trade as a championship centre forward. Because let's not forget, a lot of the times... Certainly under Lee Johnson and Dean Holden, he was played, you know, wide. Um, and lots of fans actually said he's never going to be a striker. He's a wide player at best. And he's proven that wrong. But what he did yesterday was just just played the perfect pass across to Martin, wasn't it? Um, you know, and, and Martin, it, I think he's got, what's that, ten, his 10th goal, isn't it? Yep. With, with better service... Chris Martin would easily be on 15 and possibly oh, yeah. even if more than that. you've got Eliasson pinging him Yeah, anywhere. exactly, because he makes such good runs and takes up such good positions. Um, but it was a brilliant ball to one and, and in a period of the game where we didn't really started to get on top and, and have numerous sort of counter-attacks and just expose them. But like Rob said, just with the pace of Semenu and Weimer, it's an out ball that, that Dan Bentley needs to look at more. But also with, with both of those, they need to be aware of it and pull on to what is the slowest centre-half or pull wide if they need to. I thought a couple of times in the first half with Antoine, we had a couple of breaks and he he ran wide when he could have gone more centrally and it would have been an easier ball for Weiman on a couple of occasions. Um, but yeah, just just that all-round goal, I thought was a really, really textbook counter-attacking goal. Yeah. So I, I was sat watching the game with a friend of the show and former player, Joe Burnell, and he pointed out on the 50th minute, Hando Masengo, he'd, he'd won the ball back... Yep. four times in the last five minutes and yep. he actually counted them for the rest of the game I think he got up to eight or nine um but Masengo was a little bit anonymous first half Rob um and coming into the second half he really wanted to make an impact yeah and I, and again I think it's down to numbers you, you know you, you're not really given the best chance if you're overloaded you are going to end up just chasing shadows really to some extent now as I said, maybe, I don't know if Ben Aroos did come on as a left wing back, but I, I, I got the impression there was more of a shift for, to a 4-3-3. Um, and, and just having that extra security there allows allows the opposition players to be targeted more closely. Um, so I think Masengo, almost, it's almost like, right, I've got a chance now. 
I'm not actually, you know, trying to run up a hill. Um, he actually had something to get a stranglehold in. And, and you're right, he did then really start to get amongst them. Matt, we didn't cover that off um, in terms of Benarus. I I didn't notice us changing to a 4-3-3 personally. I, think, I thought he slotted in at I think, uh, I think he certainly place. started off in the same place. I mean, at one point, him and Scott switched. And I think they switched because of the way that the play had gone but then seemed to stay there for a few minutes. And I was thinking, Jesus, what, what have we moved Alex Scott to left wing back for now? Um, but I think it, it did it did change slightly. Um, Benarou certainly seemed to take more of a, a, a left back role um, as the, the game went on. But it was a strange substitution for me because if you've got, um, and I'm going to say his name wrong now. Idian. Um, Idian, yeah. On the bench as a central defender, it almost felt, well, why wouldn't you bring him on left side and move Atkinson out from a left wing back point of view, or even move him there rather than playing, and this is a Pearson thing in it, but rather than playing in effect an, another number 10 out of position. And I was saying to, to the people around me, we've probably got the two most creative wing backs in terms of what their mm. recognised positions are. Um, and, and it's, They'll do a job for you, but I do still think, and, it, and it's something we'll, we'll talk about when we do the ratings. You know, with Alex Scott, they're they're not they're not able to do what they want to do. They're not mm. those that, that you know. It's not a natural position for them. And although Alex Scott's probably played what 15, 20 games this season in that position, it's, you can see it's still not natural for him. So yeah, I thought I thought it was a strange sub to be honest, and one you'd have expected Cam Pring would have just come on for. Yeah, he? but yeah. Fifty um, fourth minute. I thought it was important. One sec, Rob. Uh, important to to note that Benarus was doing a good job. Um, it was a really important interception at the back post from Benarus when Sheffield United literally it was almost their 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 opportunity to score. Um, and on a number of occasions in that in that second half, I thought Benarus got some really good blocks in, Rob. Yeah, and I, I just sort of reflecting on that because I, obviously I was picking up on this this sort of slight formational change but I'm wondering because I don't know if any of you guys saw the the lineup how they did it on Sky um, but it was more what I would say is was a 3-4-3 three, three. Um, and I wonder if it's just a real subtle thing obviously De Silva because he considers himself a fullback by trade whether that 3-4-3 three, three is actually what we think looks more of a three five sorry yeah five three two five two three what what have you but I wonder just because of the personnel in that four are Benarus and Scott all of a sudden whether they just squeeze in a little bit more in midfield and made it tighter because of that well yeah from, the, a, from a higher the, position earlier parts of the season it seemed to be like a three four one two that we were playing for quite yeah. some time didn't it so yeah they were sort of tucking in a bit more um but yeah we can get hung up on formations a bit too yeah. much sometimes you're right about Masengo though um and joe picking up on it i mean the second half was a performance like he put in against preston um and he, he won the ball probably in the, the bit that Joe was referencing. And he, he won it and he won it a couple of times and then gave it. And I don't know who it was that he gave it to, who then immediately lost the ball. And you think that must be so bloody frustrating that you've <laughs> ratted around in, gone in. But he, he really started to boss it in terms of the defensive side of it and doing what he does, where he, he steps over, comes running out with it. Um, and you, you, again, you've got to bear in mind, he's up against possibly or arguably two of the best midfielders in this league mm. in um, Berg and Norwood. Norwood's a player I've always rated. 
um, sort of player we miss, someone who's niggly. Every decision he's in the ref's ear, and but also is a proper player. So, yeah, I thought it was exceptional from Masengo second half. Two chances in two minutes now. Um, Martin feeds to Vyman. Vyman feeds to Semenyo, who shoots over. And it had power. It wasn't It wasn't wildly over like the shot at Stoke. It wasn't actually that far off. But, uh, yeah, he, he still went for a power for me over over placement and then martin now has a chance to shoot and the keeper saves fairly easily you know martin gets away and uh, takes his shot and it was a quite a straightforward save from the keeper but matt those two chances before sheffield united equalized where we where we should convert at least one yeah i mean the 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 Semenya chance was was very much like the martin goal to a certain extent not not um, not as as easy a chance as, as Martin's because obviously he's, he's literally got a one on one side fo- side footer in the net, hadn't he? I thought Semenya was slightly unlucky. Um, the ball's not not sort of behind him as such, but he's got to try and you know bring his foot around it, and he tries to curl it, and and it's fractions away from being a goal that we're talking yeah. the whole of this podcast about because it was such a wonderful strike. So, you know, I, I don't think in any way um, he kind of he slashed out or the power that he went took away from what he was trying to do. You know, he, he knows he should have hit the target, I expect. And then the second one, the only thing you'd say with Chris Martin's chance there is if perhaps he could have gone across the keeper a little bit more because it was a fairly routine into the body kind of save. Um, whereas, again, and when it comes to the goal, other teams seem to, when they have the shots, the ball just comes straight back out to them in the middle of the goal and he didn't he held on to it, but we didn't have any runners coming in anyway. So, um yeah, but one of those you'd like to have thought we could have taken. Yeah, Rob, it was great to see that that sort of free flow in football and creating those chances. I know we didn't convert either, but it showed that we were clearly in that game and going for it. Yeah, and I, I think a lot of it comes down to um, the confidence. So we talked about how Sheffield United were in the first half and they, they're very clear on what they're trying to do and they probably have a lot of belief in what they're doing. Um, whereas with us, I think we grew into that, whereas Sheffield United arrived with it. So I think once we do get going, we, we do have this habit of being able to build up a bit of esteem because that that sort of confidence grows. And I, and I think, you know, we all sort of judge and, you know, we judge and jury on so much, but we probably do still always need to come back to remembering just how young a lot of these these players are. Um, so yes, Semenya will snatch at some sometimes. Yes, Masengo will turn the wrong way sometimes. But but I guess the, these are the growing pains that you know we we have to be fair and and expect. You know, yeah. I, I'll even pick something else at. We we all know that um, Scott sort of goes down very Grealish esque <laughs> on, on a number of occasions. But I think sometimes he hasn't even got that right. You know, it's it's almost like don't don't do that. You you yeah. can actually beat the bloke here, and you. So the, these are all just little little things that each of these players will learn, and I think you contrast, say, Semenya with Martin as you did on the two shots there. One is an explosive striker who probably has everything potentially ahead of him, and you wouldn't want to take away yeah. that explosive element of yeah. him. Whereas you you look at Chris Martin and he is a measured pro. Yeah. Now the con against that with Martin is he won't necessarily have the wild slash because he he'd rather get something on target, but he maybe lacks potency as a result. So I think they're they're very different and different just on, stages. 
just on the um, the Alex Scott one, and it's one that it is a bit of a bugbear for me, and, and I'm consistent with it in terms of I don't care if it's my player or not. It's something I hate to see in the game, um, where it's it's too much now in the game where you feel a hand on the back and you go down. There's no, you know, not being pushed or whatever. And there was one that Alex did against Stoke on Friday where he literally shoved his behind into the man coming in behind him and got the free kick. There was one last night that Keith Stroud didn't give it for, but then there were probably another three or four where he did. And if you're Nigel Pearson or you're Curtis Fleming, are you saying to Alex Scott, you need to be aware of that because you're you're making it too obvious? Because it feels to me, you'd like to think referees do talk to each other, but it feels to me that he's starting to get that reputation. And actually, I think Grealish, from what I've watched of Grealish lately, doesn't seem to do it as much as he did when he was at Villa. So I wonder if that's a sort of pep influence saying it. But if you're Pearson, would you be saying to Alex Scott, just be aware of that, it's becoming a little bit too obvious now? I think potentially, but yeah. at the same time, the, on the three occasions that I can think of, we really needed that five-second, ten-second breather yeah. to sort of reset and take the, take the pressure off. So I think it's just become part of the game. Maybe it shows how good a player Alex Scott is that he recognises sometimes yeah, the need to, 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 to kind of kill that bit of possession or whatever it may be. But yeah, it's just a, it's just not something I like to see when it's overly obvious. Um, yeah, I know what you yeah. mean. I think, I think there's a risk element as well that needs to be carefully managed. Yeah. So, you know, he's got to be careful because he's doing it in defensive positions and attacking positions. Yeah. And like you said, Matt, if there's you know, a growing reputation amongst refs. So we might, we might be looking to do that. We might be doing that. And let's say it comes down to a 50-50 call from a ref every single time. Yeah. What you don't want to be doing it is doing it in a position of danger where if it's not given, mm. you, you're letting the opposition in. Yeah. There was one as well in the second half, and I think it was the last one that he did. And then he ended up getting up, holding his shoulder, and yeah. rubbing his shoulder. And I thought, well, you know... Is he actually you, hurt there? Yeah, exactly. You've... you've I don't want to say throwing yourself to the ground, but in effect, throwing yourself to the ground and could have got injured as a result. You know, and, and you I think, think well, he actually, I, he actually did um, let out a bit of a, a yelp, if you like, as well. Because yeah, Tommy yeah. Conway was stood right next to him and he was calling the trainer down, and Curtis right, Fleming okay. was saying, "No, no, he's fine." Yeah. Um, so yeah, and he did sort of carry himself a little bit awkward then after that. Yeah. But yeah, hopefully, hopefully he's okay. I was just rewatching that um, Semenyo chance on on the phone here, mm. and what I didn't pick up on at the time is how he lost his man and sort of you know came back yeah. a little bit to get that angle um, yeah. to be able to get the shot away. So so yeah, great to see. Um, for, unfortunately, just over. Um, so I actually now just watching the the Sheffield United equaliser. So the the chap on the edge of the box who takes the initial shot, sorry, I don't know his name, but he was afforded so much space. Well, I was going to ask you because I've not watched it back, but on, yeah. on live during the game, and we're obviously, I'm and Rob, you're south stand as well, aren't you? Yeah. South stand? yeah. From the south stand, you looked at it and thought, well, who's picked him up? He's on the edge of the box with no one anywhere near him. And I didn't know if it was a midfield runner letting go or if it was a defender that hadn't yeah. come out to him. So... See what it is to get the shot away. Stevens. And those Stevens, yeah. So Stevens so he's a defender, is he? He's a defender. Steve, yeah. Stevens yeah. gets the shot away and, and they paused it on the on the aftermath on Sky and drew a circle around him and basically said how right. much space he had. And it was like he was out of at a yeah. free kick where he was given ten yards. Yeah. Um yeah. so he gets his shot away. Bentley parries it, and his parry is going down, but it flicks up off of Cundy 
and sits up perfectly for Gibbs White to do a scissor kick into the net. And it's a, it's a deserved equaliser. So, yeah, how did you see that one, Rob? Um, well, yeah, like you say, it, it flipped up, but it was also being parried wider. So it, so it kept it central. Yeah. So rather than, rather than, let's say, Bentley parrying it right back towards the penalty spot, he was actually it was actually going wider of the goal, and it, it's that that little flick up that centralises it for Gibbs White. Uh, so I think that's just unlucky. I, w- I wouldn't apportion Bentley with any blame of. Yeah, where you're right. And and Scott to. tries to get as close as he can, and Scott actually gets a kick on the back from Gibbs White when he's when he's up in the air. Um, you know, but obviously the ball is already in the net, so I don't know where where the the rules lie it's that thing that. isn't it is is it dangerous play but you, you don't want to see goals that are scored like that being ruled out because of you know you'd expect a defender to be putting their head in there but you know it's also a, a great finish from him and, and as Rob said it was a deserved um, it was a deserved equaliser on yeah. the balance of play at that stage wasn't it okay 69th minute Wells comes on for Semenyo and uh, Semenyo probably right in front of you Matt actually just landed awkwardly or it, it, it got on to, um, he was trying to keep a ball in and he went on to the Astro turf element of it. And it mm. looked as though, my initial fear was that he twisted and twisted his knee, which obviously is historically what his problems are. But mm. it was a, it looked like an ankle um, sort of twist. Um, so went down and you're thinking all sorts. Um, but then actually he, he kind of walked back to the bench was sat on the bench, obviously was given ice, but then yeah. if you notice at the end of the game, was part of the, the side walking around yeah. applauding the fans. So just a bit hopefully of a it's not that serious and was just a little bit of a role in, yeah, it'd, it'd be available for Saturday. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So Naki Wells comes on. Um, 72nd minute. It's a James free kick. Good delivery. And I think it was Martin who rises above everybody to get a header away. Yeah. Uh, or it could have been Atkinson. I wasn't sure. I think it was Martin. Um, I know Atkinson did definitely have a chance, but I can't remember if it was that one or not. Yeah, yeah. I think it was Martin that one. Yeah, but yeah, just just to highlight the fact that yeah. that was a really good delivery, yeah. and then Atkinson, literally down the other end, a minute later, uh, was a really good last ditch tackle. Um, so yeah, some, some really good performances. And we'll come on to the defenders in more depth in a minute. Seventy third minute, a little bit of a little bit of a world worldy moment. A Cruyff nutmeg from Alex Scott. I don't know if either of you picked up on that one. On the right hand side, yeah. yeah, yeah. But that was a, a great moment. And then Atkinson doesn't get a foul after a neat forward run. So again, marauding forward. Um, no foul. Like to no see, foul. like to see a replay of that one. But yeah, no, definitely no foul. Um, Were you Rob? Did you remember that one? No. No, I, I don't, yeah. to be honest. No, okay. It's funny. It's it's something that Gregor's Gregor's picked up on. I noticed about um, Atkinson and, and his marauding rungs, bringing it out, mm. and he does. But he then, at the moment, and this goes back to again what Rob was saying about you know that kind of inexperience in um, developing at this level. But he he gets to a point where you then think he he sort of. Right. Oh my God. What do I do with it now? Who do I pass? Where are you? What, what's well, going to happen? Well, up and then Stoke, gets tackled. He, he didn't have any runners, did he? No, exactly. Yeah. And maybe that was a sim- similar again. And sometimes mm. you then play the ball into a space, you know, more more of a, a you know, a, an option. But yeah, it, mm. it definitely went a free kick. Okay. 83rd minute, a Wells chance. Masengo wins the ball back again, gets upended by, uh, gets upended, but Stroud plays the advantage. Uh, and Wells is away, gets away with a heavy touch which sort of takes him just inside and his shot goes wide. Rob, um, was that a dragged shot or was it just just off target? 
Yeah, it probably dragged a little bit, but like you say, it was it was probably the preceding touch that that made it a harder chance than it could have been. Um, it's a, it's a difficult one, isn't it, for Naki Wells? I've really no idea what's going to happen with him because he's saying all the right things. He, he seems to be creating the right impression with with Pearson, um, but he also does look like a player that would also benefit from a run inside. Um, now. The problem I've got with that is I'm advocating two up top, not three up top, and he's fourth in line, maybe fifth in line if you add in Conway. I wonder if there is a school of thought. There we go. Right. Yeah. I wonder if there. Um... It's a bit, yeah. of a scuff, bit of a scuffed one. Yeah. yeah. It's, the def- um, the def- it's good defending, to be fair. The guy who sort of slides in puts him the, right off. The only thing I'd say, I don't know who that is on his left, if it's Martin. Martin. Uh, yeah. You look at that and, he's in, and almost, he's in a good if, space. He pl- if he plays a nice ball in there, Martin's got the whole of the goal, open his body up to... Yeah. And Vyman uh, on the other side. But Wells is always going to shoot. It's difficult to be critical. You want you want your strikers taking shots at goal, don't you? And it's funny, I, I, I don't know if it was on a forum or um, someone was on about Naki Wells and, you know, get, get rid, um, yeah, you know, he's not done anything. And like Rob, I think with Naki Wells given a decent run of games... But also decent service, which is what was happening last night. Naki Wells, I think, would score goals. And I'm only talking, again, probably 10, 15. He's not going to get you probably the 20 goals that Vyman has. Although, how many of us could have seen Vyman getting 20 goals this season, obviously? Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I don't think you can fault Naki Wells' work rate over the last few games when he's come on. Um, you know, he really is putting in a shift and was causing problems last night. And actually, he's... he's Quicker than I give him credit for. There was a couple of times last night where he showed a real, you know, real sort of turn of pace. I think we've got to be mindful of the fact that none of us would want it to happen. But let's say Semenyo does go. Um, at that point, you probably need to keep older wells. You know, so there's all the talk about getting rid of the high wage earners, etc., etc. And, and maybe, you know, maybe Wells's interest is being maintained because perhaps they feel that someone will come in and bid too much for Semenyo that we can't turn him down. And suddenly you're really going to need Naki Wells next season. I mean, what's he got, Robert? A year, year to, let, to go on his yeah, contract? Yeah, I think yeah. so. And I think I think then also you've got to be thinking about um, Conway's development. Yeah. And, and Conway you know, scored two, scored two uh, in the game today. I see. Did they win? Did they win? 3-0. It's, yeah. almost, it's almost finished. Conway 2, Bell 1. Yeah. yeah, so so you know, Semenyo going might move Wells and Conway one up the pecking order, both of them. Um, it's, it's funny, isn't it? I, I, and again, as I like to do listening to, to other podcasts, I know on the Forever Bristol one, they were talking about Semenyo, and I think Ian said that why, you know, if, if a club came in and offered, you know, 15 million, um, I think he used Aston Villa as an example, but any club, but then said. City then said, "Yeah, but we we want him for next season," and you loaned him back as, as happened with you know players. That probably would be the best of, of all worlds because mm. for me, out of those three, Semenyu, Scott, and Masenga that we talked about, Semenyu is the one I would absolutely be looking to do everything to keep hold of because I honestly think we've got a real star in the making there. Um, Alex Scott, obviously, but he's a bit like Lloyd Kelly. Alex Scott, you've seen glimpses of what ability he's got but he's so young and obviously we've seen most of it in an out of position place whereas I do think Semenu's just got some something really about him 
Um, and if Wells, so if, if if a Cardiff came in like they were rumoured to in January and said in the summer, we'll give you a million for Naki Wells, do you take it? I, I think it, I think if you knew you were keeping Semenya, yeah, and and it was done more on getting rid of the weight, getting the wages out the door, then I think yeah. you would. Yeah, yeah, well, he's, yeah. he's got another year. To yeah. run on his contract, as you say. So you're right because you don't know who's. I mean, Vyman, twenty goals, hopefully this season. He's got two years yeah. left. Yeah, and a, and a, a club like a Burnley or a Watford or you know a Championship, a progressive Championship club might look at it and go, "This is a guy who got twenty goals in the Championship. He's, he's worth a three, four, five, six million bid." And then, not saying I would take that. I think you've got to be looking at minimum eight to ten for Vyman, but you'd expect there to be interest in him, wouldn't you? Is he thirty plus? Thirty, I think, from when 30. we looked at it before. But yeah, I, so I think that might put. I think that might stop people coming for him. Yeah, yeah. To be yeah. right. I just realised we've got thirteen minutes left. Um, okay, uh, where are we? Uh, Wells free kick on the edge of the box. Ops to cross was a bit of a strange one for me. I thought we might see a shot from Naki Wells on there. Eventually falls to Rob Atkinson who blazes over. So that was the yeah, one you were talking about the there, Matt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, we can ride the game out in terms of uh, a one-one home draw to Sheffield against Sheffield United. Thirty-two percent possession, sixty-eight percent for Sheffield United. Um, and yeah, it was, uh, I felt content and felt quite buoyant at the end of that. It felt, felt like a win almost because I was at the end of the first half expecting, um, you know, expecting a couple of goals against. It would right, be interesting Matt. to see those possession stats in the second half compared to the first. Cause I think the first was something like 70, 72, 73% to show. Yeah. Not massively um, different, but, yeah. um, right. Do you want to come on to your rating? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Um, so that. Six. Um, I don't admit fault for the goal. He, he had a couple of rash moments, as we said, but pretty much, you know, dealt with what I'd expect. So it was a performance I'd have expected from him. Um, Jay De Silva, I thought, was a bit, bit of a quiet night for Jay, really. And I know, obviously, he went off. Um, I don't think he necessarily did anything wrong. And as a unit, they defended well. So I've gone six for Jay. But it wasn't it wasn't as good a performance going forward, take, even taking the goal out of the equation. Um, so yeah, went six for Jay and Alex Scott. Again, a bit of a game of two halves. So I've I've gone six for Alex. I thought the first half he, he was actually pretty poor. Some of his passing was wasn't great. And the bit for me last night, and I don't know if this is down to coaching, if he's told not to be to be going too far forward. Although there's a couple of times where he does get get into the box. Um, but he seemed to turn back in an awful lot last night and play the ball back to one of the defenders or to Bentley mm. when he did have options to be playing it inside or going down the line, which was unusual for the style of player he is. So I went six for Alex Scott as well. Um, again, don't don't think he necessarily did anything wrong, but that was more based on his second half. I think if he carried on in the first, second half as he did the first, it was probably looking at a five for me for that. And then the three centre-halves, I've gone three sevens, but... I didn't know whether closer was was possibly an eight because I thought closer had a, a really strong performance last night, but then also Atkinson <laughs> was strong, yeah. um, made a couple of good blocks. So there's an argument, I think, probably for either of those two. Not so much Robbie Cundy, who I went seven because I thought again um, strong defensive performance. But there's an argument for close 
at, or Atkinson or both to be eights. So I don't know. I think they should be eights personally. I think um, I think they they both dealt with everything that was thrown at them. The the goal um, that they did score, neither of them could have done anything about. Obviously, you know, Cundy couldn't even have done anything about the little flick up setup that <laughs> the assist that he got. The assist, yeah. Um, so yeah, I think I think eights would be good would be good for me. Rob. It probably wouldn't go eights. Um, for me, there's two different types of defending. One is uh, managing and the other is, so almost the proactive versus the reactive. Um, what I did what I did like yesterday, there were two elements, so I'm, I'm actually arguing for both, but I just don't think it was, I wouldn't say it was dominant defending. What I would say was it was passionate defending. It was bodies on the line defending. Yeah. Um, but, you know, at times, the front runners of Sheffield United, you could argue, had some of our centre-halves on toast. Yeah. You know, they were, they were carving through. So that, that would probably make me temper it down to a seven. So I think the effort and the desire was, was top-notch, but they were getting turned around quite a bit in that first half. Okay. All right, we'll go to two sevens then. Um, Matty James, um, I've gone six, and um, I, I'm starting to feel like I've got a bit of a, an agenda with Matty James, <laughs> and and I haven't, but I do genuinely feel as though the play slows down an awful lot with him, and I wonder if we had another midfielder in there who had some speed in there as well, what a difference that might make. Um, I think he's he's good on the ball, obviously. Um, but I just felt as though everything again was slowing down. And in that first half in particular, him and Masenga were just getting overrun. Goes back to Rob's point about, mm. you know, the, the other player dropping in there. Um, but it, it's, I'm not saying I would get rid of Matty James in the summer because I think he's, a, he's he would be a valuable squad player and his experience. But I do think I'd be looking for an upgrade in that position in the summer. Um, so, I yeah, think, so I went six for Matty James. Yeah, I, I think if you, again, I, I think if you have a two-man midfield for whichever way we want to call it, Matt James isn't mobile and quick enough and dynamic enough. Yeah. If you have a three-man midfield, you can have him almost as your quarterback and you, and you can have two, two eights running around him, which, which you know, you've got, say, Scott Masengo, uh, William, you know, a fully fit Williams would be one of those. Mm. So perhaps Williams and Scott, or you, you, you've then got options. But I think you are asking an awful lot of him in a two-man central midfield. He's not quite got it. Yeah. Um, and then the... So for Han, Han Noah probably would have been a six, similarly to, to Matty James from the first half. But I thought his second half performance just just took it to a different level. Um, yeah, I went seven based on the overall game. Yeah, I think his, that's his, his second half was an eight easy. Um, I just thought it was a performance that if someone is in the crowd from a scouting point of view, um, and if you've got someone alongside him with the energy as well, it just shows. Still, for me, that I I do think he's a player that can go to the very top. I really do. I hope that if he does go, it's abroad. Um, because I would dread to, to see him playing for another championship side. Prem maybe, but yeah. And then the front three, um, again, these, these you know, open to, to discussion on these. I went Vyman 7, Martin 7, Semenyo 8. Um, Vyman, I thought, again, his work rate was exceptional. And, and we talk about what you expect, and you do expect that from Vyman, but he was causing problems. They worked hard. Chris Martin, I, 
I haven't changed my opinion of him, but I do just think he, he puts so much work in. And he isn't a slouch. Um, you know, there's a couple of times where I think on the right-hand side, he outpaced Basham for one late on on our, right, our, our left-hand side as we were playing it. Um, the right-hand side as I'm looking at it from the south stand. Scored a good goal, had another good chance as well. Um, so I went two sevens for them. And for Semenyo, I went eight. Because like I said, for, for me, Semenyo, I think if Semenyo stays on that pitch... Mm. I think we might end up winning the game because I yeah. think he was just causing them all sorts of problems. Um, and, and he was my man of the match, even though he went off on 70 minutes. I just thought it was a performance of just just real quality from him. Yeah, I think obviously the, the strikers always catch the eye and, and Semenyo yeah. caught the eye with the assist and his, his chance. Um, but I would, have, I would have gone closer as, as, as my man of the match um, and I would have stuck with an eight. But yeah, the, the strikers always always you know seem to take the take the glory, don't they? So yeah, Rob, either your man of the match. I, 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 to be honest, what Pat said is bang right, but I would probably go with Semenya. Yeah. Glory, glory. It, it, it's it is like you say, it's a bit let's, more. Let's catchy. let's compromise and we'll go closer an eight, but Semenya man of the match. Okay, fair, fair enough. enough. Yeah. <laughs> right, <laughs> that gives us an average of six point eight two for the game. Yeah, which feels you know a home, it's a home if, draw. If we upgrade that, it's a seven. So that feels yeah, it's a it's a home draw, but yeah. it's against a team that are in the playoffs. Yeah, and we've got a number of ex Premier League players. So yeah. I think that's on on our on our season's yeah. expectations. I think that's about right. And for um, Nigel, I went um, I went six, but I'm looking at it. I went we went seven against Stoke, and I kind of think again that on the averages, um, it probably is a seven based on that overall performance. Um, um, it, it got a tune out of him in the second half. I'm just thinking is the team was a 6.82. Yeah. Your manager, you know. Squad squad selection, not having Pring on the bench. Yeah, possibly. Possibly. And, yeah, and the, and Benerys, being, the Benerys change maybe is a bit of a strange one. Um, it, it's more it's more maybe the starting 11 yeah. putting us on the back foot again, which is maybe the... And we've, and we've addressed it halfway through. And you also have to say again, it's another game where we don't go back to back. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, we've now got a situation where we've got a win, you know, yeah. a, a, two on the banks and are we likely to do that? I mean, I, right. I can't Guys, remember I've a season got, where we've done that. So, yeah. I know. No, I've got, I've got three minutes until a meeting. So uh, I'm going to get through a few tweets. So Dan Healy, a draw was a fair result. Both sides had chances to win, but just didn't have that cutting edge. A much be much better second half performance from us, as well as and now we move on to Derby. Um, Ian Gay said, need to play in both halves, just not one. Uh, don't like five at the back at home and surrendering, mid surrendering midfield. Look how slow our back three are. I can understand the ultra low block but I'd be working on stopping ball watching, marking, and controlling possession. I mean, there was definitely some some ball watching in the uh, in the first half, and at some points in the in the second half. So, yep, yeah, get that get that point. Um, Andy Bowden, uh, one as we are likely to have uh, money to spend. How would you feel if we didn't bring in anyone but kept all our key players now the youth sorry now the youth have a season under their belts too if we did sell what are the thoughts on Callas big wage and decent fee so Matt do you want to quickly take that I that's what I would be looking to do I'd be looking to if we could not offload but you could probably get a decent fee for Callas but it's huge wages off similarly with Casey Palmer if you can get those wages off and, and also potentially Naki Wells 
just just those three players alone will free up some ability for Pearson in the transfer market. Mm. Um, yeah, that that would be my well, my ideal scenario is that Lloyd Kelly goes for forty million and we get a sell on. <laughs> yeah, and Brownhill. Josh, Josh Brainhill goes as well. So, yeah. Um, but yeah. Okay, um, you want to take this one from Shahan, Rob. Four points out of a possible six this Easter would have been incredible to get two wins in a row, obviously, especially against teams that usually play in red and white stripes. But four points out of a possible six over Easter. I think you take yeah, that one. More, yeah, more than expected. Um, yeah, I think it's a step in the right direction. We, we've all been looking, well, all season long and before, particularly me with my, you know, being convinced about Pearson. These are the steps we want to start seeing. Um, so for the Easter weekend, I think that's a great return from from where we've been. Yeah. Chris says, first half poor, much better second half. One thing, I honestly don't know what James brings to the team. Um, Ellie, Louise, Jones, fair result in the end, but both sides pretty waste, wasteful with finishing. And that's it. So um, we're going to end it there. Thanks to Rob. Thanks to Matt. And Thank uh, we'll be up at Derby on Saturday. But we for will, now, yeah. Thanks for listening, everybody. Don't forget to like, follow, share, subscribe, all of that stuff on Twitter at 3PIAPC. And we'll be back soon. Take care. Cheers, everyone. Yes, thanks, Rob. Thank on Bristol City, on Bristol City, on Bristol City, way up the lead. You nearly blew it, we know you've been through it, but you can do it, give us the gold. There'll always be a Bristol, and City is the team, to get into the first again will always be our dream. We're proud of Bristol City, they play in wind and rain. To hear the crowd or shout aloud, the city scores again. Mine eyes have seen the glory of the goals the city score And we want to see them scoring just a half a dozen more When the ball goes in the net, me boys, you want to hear us roar Our team goes marching on Glory, glory, Bristol City Glory, glory, Bristol City Glory, glory, Bristol City Our team goes marching on Bristol City, glory, glory, Bristol City, glory, glory, Bristol City, our team goes marching on. Glory, glory, Bristol City, glory, glory, Bristol City, glory, glory, Bristol City, our team goes marching on. All together, boys. Glory, glory, Bristol City. City, our team goes marching on.